64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor S.F. Walker. I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at Awakening of Intelligence by J. Krishnamurti. In this video, we're going to find out how to look at these various fragments, which are the content of consciousness, totally not analytically. We're going to find out how to observe without any analysis at all. That, that is, we have looked at everything, at a tree, at a cloud, at the wife and the husband, at the girl and the boy, as the observer and the observed. Please do give a little attention to this. We're going to learn now to observe without the observer, without the past, without the image. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I have and use that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. You have observed your anger, your greed, or your jealousy. Whatever it is, as an observer looking at greed, the observer is greed. But you have separated the observer because your mind is conditioned to the analytical process. Therefore, you are always looking at the tree, at the cloud, at everything in life as an observer. And the thing observed. Have you noticed it? You look at your wife through the image which you have of her. That image is the observer. It is the past. That image has been put together through time. And the observer is time, is the past, is the accumulated knowledge of the various incidents, accidents, happenings, experiences, and so on. That observer is the past. And he looks at the thing observed, as though he were not of it, but separate from it. Now, can you look without the observer? Can you look at the tree without the past, without the observer? Can you look not only at the tree, at your wife, at your husband, without the image? You know, 
This requires tremendous discipline. Discipline generally implies conformity, drill, imitation, conflict between what is and what should be. And so in discipline there is conflict suppressing, overcoming, the exercise of will, and so on. All that is implied in that word. But the word means to learn, not to conform, not to suppress, but to learn. And the quality of the mind that learns has its own order, which is discipline. When you so observe the actual what is, is a living thing, not a thing looked upon as dead, recognizable by the past events, by past knowledge. Where there is an observer separating himself from the thing he observes, there must be conflict. Do what you will. As long as there is a division between the observer and the observed, there must be conflict. As long as there is a division between a Muslim and a Hindu, between a Catholic and a Protestant, between the black and the white, there must be conflict. You may tolerate each other, which is an intellectual covering of intolerance. If you really see the beauty of this, that the observer is the observed, that the two are not separate, then you can observe the totality of consciousness without analysis. Then you see the whole content of it instantly. The observer is the thinker. We have given such tremendous importance to the thinker, haven't we? We live by thought. We do things by thought. We plan our life by thought. Our, our action is motivated by thought. And thought is worshipped throughout the world as the most extraordinary and important thing, which is part of the intellect. One has to find out whether the mind can ever be quiet, not how to make the mind quiet. So one is to go into the whole question of knowledge and whether the mind, the brain cells, which are loaded with all the past memories, can be absolutely quiet and come into quiet function when necessary, and when it's not necessary, be completely and wholly quiet. What does discipline mean? For most of us, discipline is a form of drill or repetition, either overcoming an obstacle, or resisting, or suppressing, controlling, shaping, conforming, all that is implied in the word. Discipline. The root meaning of that word is to learn. A mind that is willing to learn, not to conform, must be curious, must have great interests. And a mind that already knows cannot possibly learn. So discipline means to learn why one controls, why one suppresses, why there is fear, why one conforms, compares, and is therefore in conflict. The very learning brings about order. Mind that is in conflict is disorderly, and therefore such a mind has no virtue. Out of this inquiry, out of learning, comes order, and order is virtue. Please observe it in yourself. See how disordered one is in one's life, so confused, so mechanical. 
And in that state, one tries to find a moral way of living which will be orderly and sane. How can a mind that is confused, conforming, imitative, have any kind of order, any kind of virtue? The social morality, as you observe it, is totally immoral. It may be respectable, but what is respectable is generally disorderly. What is important is not controlling thought, but understanding it, understanding the origin, the beginning of thought, which is in yourself. That is, brain stores up memories. You can observe this yourself. You don't have to read books about it. If it had not stored up memories, it would not be able to think at all. That memory is the result of experience of knowledge, yours or the community of the family of the race or so on. Thoughts spring from that storehouse of memory. Thought. When the observer who wants to change realizes he is part of what has to be changed, when? That he is in fact a thief pretending to be a policeman to catch himself. Change through conflict. When there is an operation of will, it is a form of resistance to overcome, to suppress, to deny, to escape. All that is will in action. That means life is then a constant battle. Simply one element in this consciousness is dominating another. There must be a radical transformation in, in consciousness and of consciousness. Now, how is this to be brought about? Now, that is the real question. Now, that fragment, which we call superior, intelligence, intellect, reason, logic, is the product of many other fragments. One fragment has assumed authority over other fragments, but it is still a fragment. And therefore, there's a battle between it and many other fragments. So, is it possible to see that the fragmentation does not solve our problems? One has to be free of the idea that through will you can change the content. That is important to understand. The exercise of will is simply the tyranny of one fragment over another. To be free of will is to be free of this fragmentation. Clear up the division between the inner and the outer. The division between consciousness and its content. It has cleared up also the division between the conscious entity and the consciousness belonging to him and the various fragments. And it has cleared up the division between different contents in that consciousness. So what has happened? What has happened to the mind that has seen all this, not theoretically, but actually felt it, and says, no more will in my life, which means no more resistance in my life. The fragments disappear when they are not acting against each other. Knowledge, thinking, and ordering the thoughts as ideas. So we're asking, is virtue the outcome of planning? Obviously not. The moment your life is planned according to a pattern, 
that you're not living. You're merely conforming to a certain standard, and therefore that conformity leads to contradiction in oneself. The what is and the what should be breeds contradiction and therefore conflict. What do you think is maturity? Does it depend on age and time? No. So we can remove that. Time, age is not an indication of maternity. Maturity. That is the then there is a maturity of a very learned man, the man who is highly intellectually capable. But still no. He may twist and turn the words. So we will eliminate that. Who would you consider as a mature right man? The man who is able to observe. But wait, obviously the man who goes to churches, to temples, to mosques is also out. So is the intellectual, the religious, and the emotional. We should say, if we eliminate all that, maturity consists in being not self-centered. Not me first and everybody else second, or my emotion first. So maturity implies the absence of the me. Fragmentation, to use a better word. Now, how would you appeal to that man? And to the man who is half one and half the other, me and not me, who plays with both. And the other one who is completely me, who enjoys himself. How do you appeal to these three? The man who is completely me, there is no awakening in him. He's not interested. He won't even listen to you. He will listen to you if you promise him something, heaven, hell, fear, or more profit in the world, more money. But he will do it in order to gain. So the man who wishes to gain, achieve, is immature. Put it in any way you like. Put it in stories, cover it in pills, sweet pills. But he's not going to change the me. If he does, he comes to the middle. The me and the not me. This is called evolution. The man who is the lowest reaches the middle. Does order depend on the administration of the law, on the authority of society according to its culture and environment? Or does it depend entirely on the human being, on each one of us, the way we live, the way we think, the way we act, in our relationship with one another? Living as a human being in a destructive, chaotic, violent world, how am I, or how are you, going to bring about order? Does that order depend on you or on the politician? Does it depend on you or on the priest or on the philosopher or on an utopian ideal? If you depend on the priest, on the politician, on a theory, on a belief, or on an ideal, See what takes place? You are then conforming to a pattern set by the politician, by the theorist, by an utopian ideal. Hence, there is a conflict between what you are and what you think you should be. And that conflict is part of the violence, this disorder. So, can you perceive that order in society can be brought about only by you and nobody else. 
We are responsible for that order by our conduct, by our thoughts, by our way of life, the whole of it. And there you have it, awakening of intelligence. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. Buy it. Read. Never stop learning. Especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website. And find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.